Hello, our lovely friends and listeners out there. This is Kayla, and I'm joined with my wonderful co-host Thomas, and this is the Copper Boom Podcast. Welcome. Hello, everyone. So, it has been a while. We missed you all, and we are going to jump into Season 1, Episode 9, Rory's Dance. This episode was written by Amy Sherman Palladino, directed by Leslie Linka Gladder. Its original air date was December 20th, 2000. So something interesting right away is it aired five days before Christmas. But you might notice there's typically not holiday episodes, especially, well, not there is Thanksgiving for sure. But there's not many like Christmassy episodes in the series. Um, this is normally a time I feel like that a series would have a over-the-top Christmas episode. And they don't even mention that at all. And the Netflix synopsis of this episode says, sorry, just kidding. I don't have Netflix. The DVD synopsis, (laughs) sorry, the DVD synopsis says events at Chilton's formal dance convince Rory and Dean that they, as Rory might say, are very boyfriendy, girlfriendy, but something unexpected happens that sets the town buzzing and puts Lorelai in a motherly frenzy of concern. And now Thomas can share the Netflix synopsis. (laughs) So Netflix says Rory attends her first dance with Dean, but they get home late, causing Emily and Lorelai to fight over Lorelai's mothering skills. So I think, again, the biggest difference between the two always boils down to the DVD does not spoil things and Netflix lays it all on the line. So I think, yeah. which is interesting, because if you bought the DVDs, you've probably seen the show and know what's going to happen. Watching on Netflix, it could be someone that's binging for the 20th time or someone who's a first-time viewer. So that's interesting to me. But I did watch on DVD. Even though I have the DVDs, I usually do watch on Netflix still. But this week, I did watch on the DVD because this episode had... Some bo- a bonus feature with a bunch of different fun facts scattered throughout the episode. So to start off, before we kind of jump into our thoughts and kind of all the specifics of this episode, I'm just going to rattle through all of the different fun facts that were put in. And I don't know if it was the writer who put these in or if it was just someone random who worked with Warner Brothers or what the case is, but there's some fun little gems in here. So... We'll just start at the top and go through, and you'll notice some of them where it does kind of go right in line of the episode. So first off, Prague is the capital of Czech Republic. Midnight Express is a 1978 film about a man sent to a Turkish prison for smuggling drugs. It is estimated that 43.6% of U.S. households buy avocados. There are two private schools named Chilton in the U.S. Neither one of them is in Connecticut. Unlike other owls, the spotted owl is not afraid of Lorelai or any other human being. (laughs) Um, Tomatoes and avocados are fruits often mistaken for veggies. And you can probably picture some of where these popped up. Like that was when Lorelai was picking around her salad, I think it was, saying that the tomatoes Mm -hmm. were, you know, conspiring with the avocados. (laughs) Yes. And then we move to another reference. So in 16 Candles, Molly Ringwald's character has a miserable experience at a high school dance. Tom Waits sometimes shops in hardware stores for new and creative musical instruments. 
You are more likely to get struck by lightning or killed by a bee sting than attacked by a bear. (laughs) I kind of liked learning that one because it makes me not as afraid of a bear attacking me, but a little bit more concerned about the other two. Um, Thankfully, I'm not (laughs) allergic to bees, but I know a lot of people are. It is possible for a tree to grow taller than a 30-story building. The tree outside the Gilmore house is not 30 stories tall. Dancephobia is an imaginary word that does not mean a fear of dancing. Xenophobia is a real word that does mean a fear of strangers. In Pretty in Pink, Molly Ringwald's character attends a high school dance in a dress she made herself. In A Streetcar Named Desire, um, Blanche Boy often describes her bows as gentleman callers. Pamela Anderson produces and stars in VIP. Mexican jumping beans are actually seeds that jump because of a caterpillar that lives inside them. Did you know that? I did not. That's very cool. (laughs) Me neither. I was very intrigued by that one. Um, 73 billion pounds of chicken meat is eaten around the world annually. Alexis and Jared Padalecki. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Start over. Alexis Bledel and Jared Padalecki, who plays Dean, are both from Texas. I did know that one. Um, woolly monkeys from South America greet each other by kissing. Keiko, who plays Lane, and Lauren, who plays Lorelai, were both born in Honolulu, Hawaii. On average, so this next one really got me. On average, five people die from mannequin attacks every year. Just kidding. So, (laughs) as I'm watching this, gotta paint this picture. So it pops up and says, on average, five people die from mannequin attacks every year. Now, when a lot of these popped up, I would pause it so I could make sure I took down my note of what it said. And I was mm-hmm. just blown away. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? Like, oh, my goodness. And then I press play and it pops up saying, just kidding. And I felt like an idiot. So I hope that a few of you did fall for that as well. Um, <laughs> Melissa I, McCarthy. I did for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was really, because honestly, my thought right away went to friends when Chandler says that one person dies every year from a blimp. And. I was like, oh, interesting. So one person from a blimp and five people from mannequin attacks was my literal thought before seeing the just kidding. <laughs> um, moving on, Melissa McCarthy is not the only successful actress in her family. Her cousin Jenny has had su- success as well. At Love some Jenny. point, I don't know who that is. Oh, duh. Ah. Oh, my gosh. I did not ask that. I take that back as soon as I said the name in my head. That clicked. So we'll pretend that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) At some point in their lives, 80% of Americans will suffer from back pain. I believe that. I have horrible back pain. Um, Oscar Levant was a composer, pianist, and a frequent resident of mental institutions. Oscar died 17 years before Live with Regis and Kathy Lee first aired in 1989. Telephones were invented in the late 1870s. Cordless phones began appearing in households in the early 1980s. In 1979, the first cellular phone system was created. Chad Michael Murray modeled before landing the part of Tristan. Alexis Bledel modeled before landing the part of Rory. Before she was turned into a character in the musical Assassins, Squeaky Fromey was one of Charles Manson's girls. She was arrested for attempting to assassinate President Ford in 1975. 
I like this next one too. Um, ATMs help people avoid human contact, which comes in handy when the human you avoid is as spiteful as Paris. Yes. Granted, I don't know that she was really being spiteful in that moment, but that's okay. Um, The flu is more easily passed in fall and winter because more people stay indoors. Like Jared and Alexis, Lauren also has ties with Texas. Alexis is from Houston, and Lauren received her master's degree from Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Mm. Melissa was a stand-up comedian in New York before her role on Gilmore Girls, and she still performs live improv shows with the Groundlings in Los Angeles. And I know some of the cast members from Gilmore Girls would like go and watch her do stand-up during the run of the series as well. That's my side note. Um, and then Alexis attended NYU for a year before making her television debut in Gilmore Girls. Emily Post would not have approved of Rory answering the door. And Emily Post was a U.S. authority on etiquette under her de- until her death in 1960. Some fish are able to survive for months in dried up riverbeds. The pygmy marmoset monkey is only about six inches tall. So technically three of them could fit on a lamp. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine real monkeys sitting on that little lamp but um it's kind of actually a creepy thought if you think of like these three live monkeys standing on top of each other with a light above their head um um as long as they do the senior evil yes (laughs) i will be fine with that but if they're real monkeys and they're doing that that would be even crazier and i would feel really bad for having the light on top of their head i feel like okay you're too smart for this um (laughs) In 2000, Jared was a candidate for a presidential scholar program. Rory's real name on the show is Lorelai Lee. She and her mother are named after after Rory's great-grandmother, Lorelai, who is played by Marion Ross from Happy Days fame. Rory and Dean are dancing to Mazzy's stars Fade Into You. Both bananas and avocados are high in potassium. We get another little avocado buzz there. Alexis is a winner of the Family Friendly Award for Best Actress in a Drama. Kelly has quite a voice of her own. She won a Tony Award for playing Sheila in the original cast of A Chorus Line. Have you seen that? I have not. I have not, and I have been wanting to and need to, because Kelly Bishop is amazing, and I feel like I need to see that. Um, Yes, we do. Yes. Um, Liza's parents had their own comedy troupe that toured Europe when she was younger. U.S. record for snowfall in a 24-hour period is 76 inches. Stars Hollow, Connecticut is a fictitious name. Well, Connecticut is a real name. Stars Hollow is not. Liz Torres, who played Miss Patty, really has done everything there is to do in show business. She's an actor, singer, comedian who used to perform in clubs alongside Bette Midler and Barry Manilow. Dorothy Parker was an American poet and short story writer. According to Dorothy, men seldom make passes at girls who wear glasses. Perhaps she just wasn't wearing the right kind. One production company associated with the Gilmore Girls is titled Dorothy Parker Drank Here Productions. We've only got a few more. Um, Liz once performed her stand-up routine on The Tonight Show. Lauren received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series. Dirty Dancing is a movie about a young girl's rebellion against her stifling family. Kelly played the mother, Marjorie Houseman, in that movie. The pill first became available to the public in 1960. It is considered one of the most important medical advances of the 20th century and played an important role in the women's liberation movement. Gilmore Girls won a Family Television Award for Best New Series. 
Oh, okay. So that took like what, 10 minutes to go through all of those little side notes. Um, it would take a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. My voice is sore. My throat is sore. Um, <laughs> do you want to comment on any of those things or have any big thoughts that you want to share about any of those? Um, there was two, but I was, I forgot to write them down. And there were so many, I cannot remember. (laughs) There were a lot. It was crazy. I was not expecting so many by any means. Um, But I do also have a couple of trivia notes about this episode. Um, There are not nearly as many of those, though. So um, one is that at the dance, they talk about Dean's height. And he says that he's six foot two. Jared Padalecki, who plays Dean and is 19, 20 years old at that time, is actually six foot four. And then um, during the confrontation scene between Tristan and Dean, Caesar from Luke's Diner can be seen in the background. Um, I know it's never really addressed ever. Like it was not pointed out until like years after this aired. And the, so they don't really ever say if like he actually went to Chilton, like, Rory never mentions having known him outside of, um, you know, Children or Luke's. It was just like they're two different people. But I know that the actor who plays Caesar, it sounds like he likes to think of it as he went to Chilton and was Caesar that whole time. But I don't know. Interesting. This is the first episode not to feature Luke Danes. And which... I didn't even notice that until I read that. Yeah, that's right. Um, And then the last one is that Lorelai has a back problem. Emily asks her to get up and walk and she can't. And then a few hours later, she can walk around the house. I do feel like that makes sense, though, because at that time, she's freaking out about not knowing where Rory is and did get some rest. So it might be feeling a little bit better. And she's in panic mode. So things are always different in those situations. Mm -hmm. My thoughts. All right. I, I agree with that. I know when I get back spasms or a pinched nerve, and if I don't like move, or I kind of move a little every so often to like loosen it. After a few hours of rest, it's usually better. So I could see that. Well, and I know she said that the one position she was in was good, but then when watching the movie, she was in a new position, so it might have been loosening up a little bit already at that point. And mm-hmm. it was five thirty in the morning. I'm guessing she had been sleeping for probably going on seven hours. Like, I don't know. I it, I just read it because it was there. But to me, I'm like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. You know, makes sense enough. Um, okay, so I feel like I've been talking forever and <laughs> need a break. And everybody probably wants to hear your voice rather than mine at this point. So why don't you just talk a little bit about the Friday night dinner cold open that we get before the getting into the meat of the show. Yeah, so um, we start with them at Friday night dinner. Um, we don't see Richard, which is sad. Um, but he's in Prague, I believe. I don't remember where they said he was. I was going to ask you that. Um, I'm assuming because I kind of forget where they, where Emily said he was. But I feel like it was Prague, Prague because that one of the first um, little Bonus tidbits thing. was that Prague is the capital yeah. of Czech Republic. Or yeah, so that would make sense. 
Um, so we don't get him, which is very, very sad. Um, but we see Emily talking about the dance and then um, Lorelai being like, what dance thing? And then that's how we get the whole dance aspect. Um, but even before that, the whole thing with avocados where Lorelai does not like them. And Emily's like, when? And Lorelai's like, when I was younger and I asked what this green thing was and you told me, like, you were the mother, you should know this. And I like, I like that Lorelai having whimsical things to do with food is a runner throughout the entire series. Like, I know she doesn't make the avocado talk or anything, but the way that she like describes the relationship between the avocado and the tomato, it's so in line with just her attitude with food throughout the entire show. Or like healthy food in general. Yeah. Which I just realized I forgot to track the food from this episode. So we're not going to be able to go through that later, but that's okay. (laughs) I think it's made up for with the trivia. Oh my gosh. That like overtook my life for (laughs) a while. (laughs) And I do miss Richard, but it also is super great at the same time when we do get the three Gilmore women together, like the dynamic between them is so great. Like the three of them, there's just so many different aspects that are are really great um Mm -hmm. so that makes it okay to not have richard just because those three are are so great is my thought um which i do agree with um i just i just love richard like i want him to be my grandfather yeah he's hmm, rest in peace edward herman he has one of those great voices too like I don't know, just such a presence, like, in all forms. I don't know. He He's definitely missed when he's not there. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. So, you know, this episode, obviously, it's all about the dance. Um, so why don't we kind of focus a little bit on that, starting with Rory asking Dean to the dance. Um, I don't know. What, I guess, okay, what are your thoughts and what were your takeaways with the whole situation of Rory asking Dean? I thought it was cute um, because you can tell that she's very shy and like doesn't know how to ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, so throwing in the like, well, if you wanted to, like when she did eventually ask, uh, but also the, so what are you doing Saturday? Oh, nothing. Well, my school is doing this. And, like, if you're up for it, you should come with me. But only if you want to. Like, her just being awkward. She's super passive. Um, and awkward. And, like, I can't decide what I think about it. Because, like, she's so awkward and kind of cute and sweet and nervous. And all these things where it's, like, I can't tell. I don't really know how I feel about it. Because it's, like, oh, it is cute and sweet and awkward. But also you just want to be, like, okay, just spit it out and be direct. However, I'm a very indirect person. So, you know, I don't know if I have a right to, you know, call her out for that. But my big issue is I don't like that Dean says no. Like, it's so obvious she wants to go. Even just her asking him that it just, I know he ends up pretty quickly being like, oh, you do want to go. 
I'll go kind of thing. But I'm like, how could you say no to start? Like, that just broke my heart a little bit and made me a little bit annoyed at Dean. But I don't know if I'm being too hard on him. Maybe a little too hard on him because he does do like say yes in a really adorable way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was rewatching it, I definitely thought of when I used to work at a grocery store and having conversations with my friends while I was talking and being like, yeah, if you're going to be here, you're going to help me. <laughs> I love that they, that she was helping him. Like, I do like that aspect of when they they do work together. I feel like that happens a couple times where like, just be like, oh yeah, like I'll, you know, stock these cans and like, they never really have it that I can think of offhand where like she goes in and he just completely stops working. Like, okay, a little bit with the first kiss, but it was, that was acceptable. And he was working before and after that. Um, But I do, I did like that a lot. I liked the setting of that and them kind of doing that together. That paints it really well. And I love that aspect and I, I do think, you know, overall she was cute. And, and he does end up saying yes. So, you know, I get a little bit like, oh, Dean. And it's like, okay, you know, we're good kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Until we see his car on the way to the dance. I'm like, okay, no, you're dressed nicely. She's in a beautiful dress. Clean your car. Did you notice how dirty that thing was? Yes. And it was. It looked like good. he went muddy before he went to car. pick her up. Yes. Unacceptable. <laughs> like, like oh my goodness when it's caked on like that it's not like it was just like a little dusty it was it seriously looked like he went mudding right before picking Mm -hmm. her up well not right before because it was like dried on caked on kind of thing um crazy um i kind of want to skip all of the pieces of at their home and kind of talk about all those things together just because i think lorelei's story Yes, it intertwines with the dance, but I like to think of it as separate. If you're okay mm-hmm. with just kind of jump into the dance. Um, yeah, because I might sound crazy, but I have this realization when watching this time that I never thought of before. And it might sound confusing, but I'm going to share it. So I got such big vibes from Tristan, even before the dance starts, so like when Rory is in line to buy the tickets, you know, Tristan's poking fun and all that stuff. He reminded me of Nathan from One Tree Hill. And I had this thought of like, you know, we just think of Tristan as this jerk, but Nathan was such a jerk in the beginning of One Tree Hill. And yep. there are some similarities of first season Haley and first season Rory. And it's like, oh my gosh, they could have definitely ended up having a similar storyline as Nathan if Tristan stuck around. Like, mm-hmm. I got such vibes of that. And I feel like they do have good chemistry, even though Rory clearly is annoyed with him and doesn't like him. You can see how that back and forth with them could turn into something romantic and real. And, yep. like, obviously Tristan, his exterior is different from his interior. Like, we do get glimpses of that much bigger glimpses of that down the road but then it like because I already had that in my mind then at the dance I got when Dean and Tristan are interacting I know it's a little bit different situation but it did seem very much like a season one interaction between Lucas and Nathan on One Tree Hill which is weird when you think about it because Tristan is played by Chad Michael Murray who is Lucas and I think of Dean and Lucas's spot Tristan and Nathan's spot because like 
you think of Lucas was protective of Haley and not wanting Nathan to mess with her and saying to stay away from her. And, you know, Nathan's all tough and poking fun at Lucas of being an idiot. And then you got Dean and Tristan where Dean is trying to tell Tristan to stay away from Rory and them like poking fun at each other and being all tough, manly, like, er, and it just, I don't know. That was my big realization of this whole show could have gone in such a different direction with Rory and Tristan ending up together, just like Nathan and Haley from One Tree Hill, except minus the teenage wedding because Lorelai would not have let that happen. But nope. that's Emily my, would not let that happen. yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But that is my big um, realization of this episode and of Tristan. I can see it. I think that would be a cool story arc in the series. But I'm Granted, glad that it wasn't. I'm totally fine with that not happening, especially because Chad Michael Murray left Gilmore Girls to go do Dawson's Creek, which I actually really like him in that. And like his character creates some crazy things in that, which we'll talk about when we talk about Dawson's Creek. But and then from there to One Tree Hill, which, again, we'll talk about that, but I love both of those shows and his role in both of them. So that worked out. And How if, did I forget that he was in Dawson's Creek? Oh, my gosh. He's Charlie. <laughs> he, he hooks up with Jen, and then she finds out that he's also hooking up with some other girl and just being this playboy without telling anybody and just being the smooth operator and then he falls hard for um joey and like wants to give up all of his life dreams just to be with her and is like head over heels about her do not remember that no it's from he like comes the beach episode so the beach house episode um he like comes there Oh my gosh. Okay. You need to rewatch Dawson's Creek. Yes, I do. <laughs> and maybe I just need to like chill because I remember these things way too well. Um, I, just, I just started. Like, I will remember everything and anything about any other movie or TV show. And there are just some that I don't remember. It's like, why? Honestly, I feel like Charlie is not the most memorable character in Dawson's Creek at all but i don't know there was something intriguing about his character that reeled me in i guess so whatever i also went through such a chad michael murray phase like i loved him especially in like a cinderella story and Uh, you know kind of that heyday where i was like oh my gosh he's the most beautiful man alive um Nowadays, I'm like, okay, yes, obviously he's an attractive guy. He's a good actor. But I'm not, I don't know. His relationship with Sophia Bush kind of made it where it's hard for me to love him anymore. But I can appreciate him. Yes, everything that happened with that, I definitely agree. I wish it was definitely better. Um. But I mean, it does sound like he's doing well for himself now. And she's obviously doing amazing for herself. Like she is engaged to someone who seems pretty great. And she is still as beautiful as ever and working 
doing all kinds of new things and he's married he's with a kid an and, and he is doing a movie or a show or something with um scott patterson who plays luke and i think like scott is chad's dad in the show or something okay I obviously don't know very much about what I'm talking about because I don't even know if it's a show or a movie, but they're doing something together, um, which is interesting. But yes. I'm going to have to look that up because I love Scott Patterson. <sighs> Sorry, I'm falling asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just rudely yawn into the microphone. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so something that stood out to me about the dance is, and this is both partially in getting ready for the dance and at the dance, Rory and Dean did not get any pictures together. And that was weird to me. Like, I guess all of my high school dances, we did pictures before going to the dance, and we did pictures at the dance, and all throughout, and especially, like, the first time that I was going with a real date, like my mom wanted a bunch of pictures and I wanted a bunch of pictures. And like, I thought that was really weird, but I guess Rory is shy and Dean didn't want to be there. And Lorelai was, had a sore back. So maybe it makes sense, yeah. but I don't know. And he did, they did agree that he was going to honk and she was to go out the car and then having Emily like be like nope he will come to the door and then the continuous honking and then him like realizing oh I should just go to the door if he would have known that they would have had more time to do pictures which I don't didn't like their plan of the honking honestly I thought that was dumb because he should pick her up he should have like full on picked her up which includes going to the door and greeting her, telling her how beautiful she looks. I know he did tell her later, and I was great, happy, happy, happy about that. Especially because it was a really cute moment of him just saying she looked really nice. Um, gotten some pictures. And I guess I don't know if this formal, if other people got a corsage or any of those types of things. But I feel like it's very okay. But it was also a little bit different which different is mm-hmm. not bad that they were kind of missing a lot of these like key things that usually happen in our show of, you know, like the having the corsage or boutonniere and the pictures and, you know, kind of those big moments, which I kind of like that they do like to showcase different moments than a typical show would with different yeah. things. Something else at the dance that I am curious to know your thoughts on is it's a two-part question. Um, so first is, do you think Rory would have gossiped about Paris ba- bringing her cousin to the dance? Like, the look on her face after was, like, like she's just, like, so happy to have found out this information. Like, what do you think she was going to mm-hmm. do with that? Like, what was her thought or her plan? I think later on, she would have, like, not exposed Paris, but, like, if Paris just kept picking on her and, like, tearing her down like Paris does, she could be like, well, I know this, so stop, kind of thing. Like, It's kind of having it in her backpack, her backpack, back pocket as, like, kind of blackmail against Paris. 
Yeah, but like I don't think she would ever actually do it. Um, That's the thing to me is like, like it seems like. I don't know. It was kind of, I was thinking about it. I'm like, why is she so happy to hear this? Because like, I feel like it's not the Rory that we have been, been shown so far does not seem like someone who would really be interested in the gossip or, and also like judge Paris for bringing her cousin and also like blackmailing or spreading rumors or things like that just seem so beneath Rory. True. So I also think it's Paris puts herself on this pedestal of I am perfect. No one can touch me kind of queen. Um, And I think Rory got happy knowing, no, you're not. She's not perfect. Yeah. Like I know you had to do this. Like, you shouldn't be on your high horse, but I'm not going to, like, say anything. And that does make sense in track, because if we think back to an earlier episode when Rory beats Paris to some of the questions in class, I feel like it was kind of that same attitude of, like, oh, like, I I beat her. I showed her that she's not the smartest person in the world and not the only one who knows these things. And that <laughs> does kind of feel like a similar thing, if that's kind of the way that we look at it. And then my other question is, do you feel bad for Paris? I do, but I don't. Explain. Like, I feel bad that she outed herself. Um, and, like, I feel bad that she had to go to, that, to those lengths to even get a, like, quote-unquote, dance date um because I know that it's her cousin and it's a little tragic um but I I've had to ask my cousin or about to ask my cousin be like hey do you want to go to this little dance party with me so I'm not alone um thankfully I never had to do that even though she would have been like okay let's do this mm-hmm. um but I feel if Paris really wanted to go, like, and actually want to have a good time and not just go for, like, the pretense of, like, oh, hey, I was there kind of thing. She would have found somebody. Yeah, and, like, so I very much felt bad for her. And part of that's just because I have such a soft spot for Paris. But then I also had the thought of like Madeline and Louise, I'm sure they brought dates, but they're not with them or paying any attention to them. Would it have been that bad for Paris to go alone? And I also think, so I know we didn't get to actually meet her mom yet, but then I think about it and it's like, well, I could see her mom like, saying that she must have a date, you know, like her, her mom makes her go to the parties and her mom Mm -hmm. is very hard on her and has these high expectations in all aspects, especially I feel like her social life. And I could see that added pressure. And I feel like that kind of pressure coming from a parent is worse than that kind of pressure coming from peers. And I might be wrong in that, but that's just the way it feels to me. And that makes me like feel worse for her. And not, and that does not excuse her for like 
being rude to Rory or for like lashing out. But then too, like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to give her a hug when Mm -hmm. um, she goes up to Tristan to ask if he's okay. Like she just seems so like vulnerable and genuine in that moment. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, see, she has a heart like so much. Granted, I think that she could do so much better than Tristan, but like she clearly has this big heart. She just doesn't know what to do with it. Like I feel like is her, her thing. And I think that she almost feels ashamed of having strong emotions and doesn't know how to handle them. Very, very true. I will also add when you said the parent pressure, it's kind of showing what Lorelai was going through with Emily. Yes. And that parallel and actually seeing what a children's parent or that kind of parent has for expectations and being that social circle and standards. Yep. And I think that's something that's nice that Chilton does kind of give us is a little bit of like the peek into that world because we get confirmation and can always can already assume that Lorelai went to a private school. Like I cannot imagine Emily and Richard sending their child to a public school. Um, We're led to believe that it's not Chilton. It's a different one, but we do see some of the things that Lorelai went through and seeing like Paris and some of these other students, you can kind of see what it was like for Lorelai in a sense. Um, Obviously it's just this little snapshot. Um, And I do wonder, it's like, Oh, at times they make it sound like she would be kind of like Louise, except other times it feels like, no, like she, like, you know, she says like, Oh, you know, so uncontrollable. But when we do get a flashback and stuff, like, it does not seem like she was this wild, uncontrollable teenager. It seems like she just wanted some freedom and that was it. And not even like these huge grandiose amounts. But I do want to talk about Madeline and Louise because they're actually one of my favorite parts of the dance. So I don't even know where to start. Um, I know it's like, they don't have that much in the show, but like, I don't know. There's so many things like, Louise, well, one, I just always love her voice, but, and I think that every time she talks, um, their friendship is kind of cute. Like, I love that when they, well, one, that, you know, Louise asks for Madeline's role, and I feel like Madeline can be a little bit of a pushover when it comes to Louise and Paris, but I think there is a genuine friendship between Louise and Madeline. And, like, part of that, when they go to, walk over by Rory, like they hold hands and almost like skip off to go meet up with Rory. And I I don't know, there's just something so cute. And like, they don't draw attention to it at all. It's like, you just have to like, either you notice it or you don't. And Mm -hmm. even that, I like that little, the little bread come of like, they're kind of like sisters. Yeah, I would agree with that. Especially like dealing with Paris. They're usually like right next to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And they definitely are, like, closer than they are with Paris, like, individually. Um, 
but I really love them together because they're just a force to be reckoned with at times. Yeah. With just like what comes out of their mouth. Is you have Madeline who doesn't have a filter to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say it like this, but I'm going to anyway. And you have Louise being like, that was the wrong way to say it, but we get it. It's fine. Like, you're still the pretty one. Like, or you're lucky that you're a pretty one kind of thing. Yeah. And like, and I, sometimes I feel bad for Madeline because like, it's like, okay, clearly Louise and Paris are smarter than her. You know, they, they're the ones that get A's. Madeline gets B's, you know, like they're knowing what's going on. And Madeline is a step behind, you know, like that sort of thing. And like, I do kind of like the way that they show that in an interesting way when they do go up to, to Rory and Dean and like Louise, all she cares about is just like, okay, there's a hot guy. I need to see if I have a chance with him because that's what her mindset is. is just, Oh, hot guy. Can I kiss him? Like, I feel like that is her thought anytime she sees an attractive man. Um, that is a thing that Louise and I have in common <laughs> all the time I, when I'm, I'm at work. Do you ask them how tall they are? No, but I should. <laughs> They'd be like, it's mm, a good height. Um, I, by the way, that I love the way that Dean handles that. I mad props for him, like not being rude to her, but also kind of showing a like, I'm here with Rory and she's getting my attention kind of thing. And I, I feel like he did a really good job of that, of like being nice, not being rude, not embarrassing her. And also being very clear of nothing is going to happen with you. I am 100% here with Rory. And I really like that. But Madeline, oh my gosh, she makes me smile so much of her talking about, you know, like first she compliments to Louise, she says how great Rory's hair is. And then she like just genuinely really likes Rory's dress and is so impressed about the fact that Lorelai made it. And like, I don't know, she's just such like a genuine, sweet, soft person. And just like her cuteness of talking about her mom making soup and not actually being able to make anything is like, I don't know, there's something so touching about that. And I just, I don't know, I, I a little bit fall in love with Madeline in this episode. Yeah, it's because she's like ditzy, but in like a sweet never, way. Yeah, um, like there's times where I'm ditzy. Like I have people like in my life who are ditzy, and it's just like I'm, especially at work when I'm like dealing with so many people who have complaints and are being unlike realistic with how they want their coffee and how fast they want their coffee. And then a regular comes in or one of the coworkers just do does something a little bit seems just like, I can't be mad anymore. <laughs> You're bringing me joy. And this is actually like hilarious. And then it just like goes away. That's what and I love about Madeline. I well. will say, like, I think that if Madeline was around a lot more, it could get annoying. But I feel like we get the perfect amount of time spent with Madeline and Louise, where it's just enough to really enjoy them without being bombarded. And I like that. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Is there anything, I mean, obviously we can talk about, you know, Tristan and Dean's little blowout before they leave. Um, I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Um, I have many because I definitely think Tristan is just doing it because he can. Um, and even when I was rewatching it earlier today, it's just like, I want to just smack you across the face. Interestingly, I feel like this is the first episode where I feel like it seems like he does actually like Rory. Like when he's standing off to the side watching, I feel like he is feeling jealous and I feel like it's more a jealousy of, I want to be dancing with her than a hurt ego of her saying no. And I could be wrong, but I feel like that's the first glimpse that we see of like, Oh, there might be some actual feelings for her buried under there. Um, And I feel like that's the first time that we really see that. Yes. And like, that's why when you brought up the um, similarities with One Tree Hill, I feel like if they did keep him, they would explore his feelings for Rory. Um, So I definitely saw him, like his head turning of like the wheels on his head of, I do like her and I want Mm -hmm. her to be with me. Why is she not with me? But then he, with that jealousy, he just takes it too far. Yes, definitely. And that's where I'm like, I just want to smack you being like, you need to like, just back off. You've had both Rory and Dean at this point being like, she is not interested. You need to just like cut it loose. And yeah, have a new obsession. And I do feel like he's not a good guy in this. Like no. he does need to back off and he does need to grow up a bit. Um, as much as I would be curious and intrigued to see if they would have tested something out with the two of them, I wouldn't want it to be a, like he wears her down and she gives in and goes out with him and want it to be like, mm-hmm. a, Oh, he, when he does fully realize that he has feelings for her, he does grow up a bit and just proves himself to be a person more worthy and for her to reciprocate those feelings, you know, like, and that we don't see any glimpse of that being a possibility at this point. So, you know, that's is what it is. I will say, I know it's like, okay, they're high schoolers and whatever, but I feel like their fight is so pathetic. Like (laughs) the verbal part of it, I'm like, really? Like that's your best thing is to say he looks like an accountant and make a joke about him doing your taxes. Like you can do better than that. Can't you? Like, I don't know. I was a little bit like, okay, I think everybody's feeling like, okay, we'll get out of the way so we can continue dancing. Like it wasn't a, yeah. I want to see this kind of fight. It was a, okay, you guys are both idiots. Why don't you move on? But I also feel like, I don't know. I feel like, okay, fighting is never a good thing, but, and maybe it's just media that has made me feel this way, but there's something where it's like the guy fighting for his girl kind of thing where it is kind of romantic and it's like, okay, well, is that just because media is 
brainwashed us to feel like that's romantic or is that romantic? I don't know. Cause I also am very against fighting. So I don't know. Yeah. I would say like, it is very chivalrous. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I said it incorrectly. Okay. Um, but I'm very tired. Um, and like back in the old ages, that is how they would settle things. Yep. Um, but I think in this day and age when the episode was airing, it was still like, I am man, I will fight for my woman. Yeah. And <clears throat> it is very I'm, primal too. Like that's a very Yes. You know, primitive response. You know, which like doing things the way animals do can be good and bad. Like there's some things where it's like, it's not like, Oh, all things are bad, you know, where like primal instincts can be good too. But I think this is one where it's like, well, I think we might be able to move past this. Yeah. And um, when I heard exactly what Tristan says, but it's something like, Oh, like you're too scared to fight or something like that. And then Dean's like, no, because if we do, I will kill you. And like how mad he is. It's like, okay, Dean, you did now just take it too far. Yep. Like calm yourself. Yeah. I, I feel like it wasn't necessary. And I feel like, it was a little hot-headed of Dean. I, I feel like he did go too far. And I don't know. Like, the only thing that makes it, like, okay, it's acceptable-ish is that Rory seemed fine with it. But I don't know. And I think, like, because they are – in a higher class in that school, them, like, they didn't really take it seriously of that comment because, like, well, he's not going to do it. He's not, like, smart enough to get away with it kind of thing. Maybe. And I think, I mean, I don't think we saw any, like, adult chaperones at the stands. So no. I think it was just, you know, this idea of, like, oh, whatever, I'm going to go huff off after this. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, that wouldn't fly today. And I don't know if it fully would have flown then. I don't know. Like, to full-on threaten and for the fight. Like, again, no chaperones. Who was there to break them up? Like, what is going on? You know, Dean was worried about a nun coming over if he kissed Rory. Well, no, you can fight someone and no one's going to come stop you. Like, I don't know. That was... I don't know. It was what it was. But we do get, you know, that addressed, that action addressed after the dance when they have the the what are we talk. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Rory, I do really enjoy Rory stammering. Like, awkward Rory is really entertaining to watch when she's just like no, I don't mean that you're my boyfriend. I just meant that was a very, you know, boyfriendy thing to do. And then just like, are you my boyfriend? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, and like getting to the point um, and so like earlier where she was beating around the bush mm-hmm. 
with that. And then it's her just being like, you know, no, I am going to just say it instead of being coy. I feel like I'm being too hard on Dean and just expecting too much of him. But I don't like his answer of like, well, do you want me to be? It's like, no, she is asking you. Clearly she does. Like, I'm going to be like, okay, you can be quote unquote man enough to fight someone, but you can't be man enough to say how you feel. And yeah, again, he's a teenage boy. Maybe I'm just being too hard on him and having too high of expectations, but I wish you would just like be like, I do want to be your boyfriend. Like, will you be my girlfriend or something? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, and I mean, again, it's like, okay, it all ends up cute and R- Rory feels really good about it. But I'm like, well, I don't know. Try a little harder. I don't know. Like Dean gets this reputation of being the perfect boyfriend in season one. And I feel like he's a good boyfriend, but not the best. Like, and again, maybe I'm just being too particular of like wanting this perfect 17 year old boy to be with Rory, but I don't know. I feel like he could, he has room for improvement. I agree. All right. So Miss Patty's. <laughs> Share your thoughts. Um, I do think it's cute that they go in and like they talk and they bond a little bit. I find it hilarious that Miss Patty and the old lady brigade, um, come in and see them and it's just like them gossiping before like they actually bring Miss Patty over. Um, and it's kind of sad too because they didn't mean to fall asleep and it's very innocent but they're just like isn't that Lorelai's girl with the bag boy? Bag boy, yeah. And it's like, okay, Emily. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it, like you're this little old lady coming in for yoga and you see these two teenagers asleep on the beanbag inside Miss Patty's. Like that would be like, what on earth are they doing here? Like what is going on? Like that would be intriguing. Like that would stir some conversation. And I don't know. I've definitely had the like, accidentally fall asleep kind of thing happen. I do feel like, okay, they knew how long they had before she had to be home. How do you let yourself fall asleep when you don't have that much time when you're reading the book? Mm -hmm. And did they literally both fall asleep at the same time? Or is it Rory fell asleep listening to Dean Reed and he was like, oh, this is so nice. Yep. I'm going to let myself fall asleep too. Like, the chance of them both having fallen asleep at the same time is super unlikely. Like, I feel like the most likely thing is Dean was reading to Rory, which is adorable to be snuggling yeah. and having him read to her. Like, that, I love picturing that. It makes me think of Pacey and Joey um, from Dawson's Creek. Sorry, I keep shouting out other shows. But um, <laughs> they're one of my favorite couples of all time. So, high compliment to Rory and Dean because they are not. Um, (laughs) Spoiler. Um, But I think that's super cute to think about. But then when Rory falls asleep, Dean would not keep reading, I don't think. 
And I feel like it would be foolish of him to close his eyes and snuggle with her knowing that she had to be home by a certain time. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean to put the blame on him, but I am going to put the blame a little bit more on him than Rory because I don't believe that Dean fell asleep first and Rory let herself fall asleep. I 100% mm-hmm. did not see that happening because if Dean fell asleep first, Rory would feel uncomfortable. That's a good point. It could be Rory fell asleep and then he was continue reading at least like the chapter and then he just fell asleep. Like I fell asleep while reading. I have to, to especially though, if I, I mean, okay, I, I have fallen asleep reading while laying in bed. I have not fallen asleep reading while sitting up. Well, they were and maybe the that's just me laid down. I know, but I feel like, okay, he notices she fell asleep. He should readjust a little bit. Like, and a beanbag chair is not very comfortable. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not trying to hate on Dean, but I just, I feel like he just enjoyed that and was like, yep, I want to make this last longer and didn't really care about the consequences. And mm. I feel like it could have been prevented. But complete side note, Miss Patty's dog is super cute. And I wish that we got to see her dog more often because that's more what I was focusing on when they all found Rory and Dean was like, oh, Miss Patty's dog is so cute. I forgot that she had a dog. Yeah. And then the other thing that really sticks out to me is I'm pretty sure that Rory runs home through the snow with no shoes on because she is carrying her shoes. And that makes my feet cold. Just looking at it. Yes. Very much so. Even thinking about it right now, I'm like, okay, I need to put my feet under a blanket. Thankfully, I have one by my feet right now. Um, Like, that's crazy. And their home is always in a different direction. But that's okay. I don't don't let those types of things hang me up at all because it's okay to sometimes be reminded that it's a fictitious town because – if we don't get that reminder, it can be unhealthy to to dream so much of going to Stars Hollow, which I still do. Um, okay, so do you have anything else that you wanted to say, like, about the dance or Rory and Dean before we talk about everything involving Lorelai? Um, a little bit. It does pertain, like, in the beginning with Rory and Dean, but it's with Lane. And how she um, is the best wing woman Rory could have. Um, And, like, actually having Rory do what she wants to do with, like, no, ask him, like, the worst that can happen is he says no, like, do it. Kind of thing, like, pushes her to do it. Um, And then, like, with that... which I'll say the quote later on, but it has one of my favorite quotes in it. Mm-hmm. From Lane. From Lane. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> okay. I won't say it then. Um, yes. I love Lane. Like, she is such a good friend. And she she is such a good match for Rory. Like, I don't always think that they have a very equal friendship. But I will say that I do feel like Lane is just such, such a 
great person and a good friend and I love her. And I feel like even when we only get one scene with her, she shows us that. And that makes me happy. And I also was like, okay, if Lean weren't around, would Rory have even asked him? Because like, I feel like Lane is integral in that of like giving you that push of like, okay, now go do this and do it well. Cause I'm out here. Um, yes. Okay. Good point. Anything else pertaining to the dance that we should talk about before getting into some of my favorite, favorite things of this episode. That was the only thing. Okay. So I know that the episode is all about Rory's dance, but um, everything to do with Lorelai I love in this, like, with Suki, with Emily, everything. So, first off, the mannequin falls on her. And I know it hurts her, but it's very entertaining. And especially her comment after of it making a pass at her. I don't know why I find it very charming. And Suki. (laughs) Talk about wonderful friends. So... (laughs) I don't even know where to start with Suki. First off, okay. I know, like, my favorite part is just so funny. Was like, one, I love the fact that Suki, you know, comes in, she was bringing her stuff to help with the dress. Good friend, bringing stuff over. And her response to to Lorelai being hurt is like, oh, I have ace bandage. Maybe we can wrap it up somehow. Like, just the thought of like, I love that Suki's first thought of like, oh, you hurt your back. Let me try to wrap this around you somehow to maybe help somehow. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something like Suki is, she's, she's very smart and adult and all that stuff. But like, there's something so childish about her that I love. And I feel like that's one of it of like, it's that idea of like, oh, I bumped my finger. Oh, I'm going to wrap stuff around it. Like it's, it makes me think of like kids playing doctor and mm-hmm. there's just something so sweet and innocent about that, that I love. And then, you know, she breaks out all of her pain pills, but yeah. It's, I think it's funny because of Lorelai's reaction to it. It's like, <laughs> dang, I didn't know my best friend was a pharmacy yeah (laughs) which i've got to say it kind of makes sense i mean suki is very prone to accidents yeah she's probably been given a many different forms of painkillers from all of her injuries and visits to the doctor (laughs) and just to stick with the suki train well okay you love suki so i won't take all the fun suki stuff share some of your fun thoughts with her um, with the hairspray. Yeah. Um, and, like, because she is ready. She is wanting to help. She's excited. And then she, instead of getting Rory's hair, she just gets all up in her face. And then when she says her eyelashes are, like, glued shut, it was just like, <laughs> ooh, I have been there, but not with hairspray. Um, when I was younger, I would, like, I don't know what it was, because it was when I was, like, super young, so I didn't, like, really pay attention when they were explaining it, but I would wake up, and my eyes would be, like, crusted over, Mm -hmm. and I always hated it, because I would be like, I can't see 
to yep. get to the bathroom to clean this. Like, I'm going to this die. Do you have those moments? Yes. <laughs> Where it was just, I'm just going to get hot water and just wash my eyes and then figure that out. But I think there was one time I was looking for soap and I think I grabbed toothpaste on accident. <laughs> Could you tell us you just and grabbed I, it? It was when I put it on my hands, I smelled like the mintiness of it. And I'm like. What kind of soap do you have? Soap. Or maybe what kind of toothpaste do you have? Like, I feel like that should be easy to tell. I was very young. Okay. Well. I was not a bright child. <laughs> I'm not that bright of a, an adult either. But, like, I was very dumb. Very, like, <laughs> if this helps, this helps. But I remember, like, smelling it and then tasting it just to make sure. <laughs> when I was younger, I did, like, the taste of, like, bar soap. Like, <laughs> My oh parents my wouldn't be able to use the, we will wash out your mouth with soap. Yeah. Because I liked the taste of it. They couldn't use that as a punishment. Um, Julian was playing with this um, container of bubbles. It's like a cylinder one and he was not using it to do bubbles. He was inside and he, I don't know if he was like using it as like a bat or him. I don't know. He was just running around with it and he starts freaking out and I realize like, oh, you got the bubbles all over your hands and touched your eyes and now you have soap in your eye. And like oh, he's four. No. He didn't understand like what was going on, just that his eye hurt so much and he's crying and like I'm trying to get it so that I can like put water in it to wash it out. And he was getting mad because he felt like the water going in is what was making it hurt more. I'm like, well, no, like you need to get it cleaned out. So then I had to have this talk with him of like Bubbles are soap, and they hurt when they go in your eyes. You can't do that. That's why it's an outside thing, not to run around just willy nilly with it. And <laughs> it was it was a learning experience, you know. Um, and then when I was watching this episode earlier today, I was watching with my niece, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, how does she do that? Like, did they actually spray her in the face? Like, wondering of like how Melissa McCarthy like acted out being sprayed in the face." with the hairspray and was just so amazed by it, which I feel like, I mean, yeah, she's 10, but I feel like they do such a good job like with that and everything, but like Melissa McCarthy is just amazing. So like Suki's physical comedy is always just so top notch and I love it. And like, like with that and like her stumbling around and I love the moment of like, is this soap? No. And like, (laughs) and then her saying goodbye and the like, Saying bye to Emily, especially of like, it's nice to see you again, or you know, make out the shape of you, and yes. <laughs> and even and okay. just turning around to talk to Lorelai. Yeah. Then, and um, I feel like it could have been so face. easy to overdo that, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I will say, so I know, like Lorelai is concerned of like you can't drive home, and she's like, oh, I walked. I don't think she's safe to walk home either. Like there might not be many people in Stars Hollow. But she's going to get hit by a car. Or just, like, trip over True. something. But most likely and... that bat would have, like, oh, seen yeah. her. She would have then... home. No. <laughs> she just, she's still at that bat. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so... Emily. I love 
watching storylines that revolve around Emily and Lorelai together. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is so wonderful. I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> um, well, we could start with how Emily invites herself over. Yeah, I liked that. Is that bad? <laughs> no, I thought, I loved how Emily did that. Of, I am going to make it seem more unreasonable for Lorelai to do everything. So I'm going to get her to invite me. And I feel like it's fair for her to want to be there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, I think that is not a unreasonable ask at all. No, it's not. I am glad that, like, she was able to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the way that she did it and how happy she was when she was like, okay, yeah, I'll come over. I'll see you at seven. And Lorelai already knowing like midway through that she was like, I'm just going to have her come over. Like, this is just what she wants to do anyway. Kind of thing. And her having Emily, like, yes, I won. I played you. Emily usually wins. Not always, but usually. Um, She's a viper, right? Is that what it is? I don't know. That's forever away. Um, And, okay, speaking of her being so happy, like, I know jumping ahead a bit here, but when Lorelai says, like, when they're talking about, you know, Emily says, like, oh, I'll go warm up the burrito for you. And Lorelai's like, oh, it's fine, cold. She's like, okay. She's like, hot's better. The look on Emily's face about being so excited just to warm up the burrito for Lorelai, like, you can tell, like, she does care about her daughter. She's not always good at showing it. Mm -hmm. But she wants to help her. She wants to be there for her. And even when it's the tiniest little thing that she can do for her, it makes her so happy. Yeah. And I do love seeing that. Like, she is a mom, first and foremost. And having your child say that you're not needed at times and then her actually being needed and being able to help is just so like heartwarming and it's like I love it. I even wrote it in my notes where I'm like M and low bonding because I use uh, chicken scratch <laughs> and I just put like a ton of hearts because each time like it was building and building and building like with so much love. It's just like oh my god I love this so much. When the best bonding moment like the the tip of it making it just so well maybe not the tip one of the like greatest parts of it is that mashed banana and toast like yeah their reaction so like you know Lorelai's like okay you know I'm just gonna suck it up I'm gonna try this and like first of all I love her like takes the bite hmm and then I was like yeah good it's worse than I expected and then Emily taking the bite and her reaction and just their like laughter and glee about it and like that's such this like shared bonding moment that I love and it's just I don't know like they just both seem so happy in that moment even though you know Lorelai's hurt and Emily had to kind of manipulate her way to be there it's this moment of like happiness between them which is great and then like oh when they're watching the movie together and Lorelai falls asleep and like Emily kind of tucks her in so sweetly 
and I'm jumping again, but like, well, no, I've got it in my quote, so never mind. Another sweet thing that Emily says, but I'll talk about yeah. it shortly. <laughs> yeah, I will say when that happens, I like, I tear up because it's yeah. so sweet and so pure. And it's just like, oh. And if the em- episode ended with Emily tucking her in and then done. Then, first of all, Emily and Laurel would be my favorite characters in this episode. I would just be left so full and happy, but that all comes crashing down. Yeah. (laughs) Because of stupid Rory not making it home (laughs) until 5.30 in the morning. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So, I honestly, I didn't even take notes on this part because I'm like, I don't don't even know what notes to make. Like... (laughs) it's just heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and like you just you can see and feel the way that all three of them feel in the different moments and understand parts of it and get very irritated about other parts and like I just I it's just heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. devastating especially because of where things were and just seeing that all come crashing down is heartbreaking. It is because it happens so fast and it seems like everything that Emily and Lorelai worked for the previous like the night before just like vanished. Like none of it basically even happened in their eyes. And it's just like devastating. Yep. And like I can't even, like, I want to feel like, oh, this person was right, this person was wrong. But it's like, you can't even, I feel like you can't even do that because. (laughs) There's too many different perspectives. Yes. And I'm like, you know. They think that they're right and the other one's wrong where it's like, but neither of you are right and neither of you are wrong. Like, it's just what's happening. I feel like. Your reactions to it. I understand all of their reactions for the most part. But I also feel like really what it comes down to, it was a bad situation that really rocked everybody's day. Mm -hmm. And it makes me mad because I wish that episode would have ended seven minutes earlier and we could have just felt all warm and fuzzy about Emily and Lorelai for a little bit longer. Yeah, and, like, have the opening of the next episode be the chaotic. Except I don't know that I'd really want to drag out that into the next episode at the same time. I don't know. If it would give people one week of happiness of, yay, we finally get these two happy and loving towards each other. And then they come crashing down of dang it kind of thing. And then have people be like, oh, I wish it was just in the last episode. It'd be kind of funny. But if you think about it, so the next episode is forgiveness and stuff. And okay, so I just looked it up real quick and it looks like it aired the next day. So that's crazy. So they had... This must have been the mid-season break because 
it was December 20th was the one that we were doing today. December 20, 21st is when season or the episode 10 airs and that one forgiveness and stuff. There is so much in that episode. And I think that they need, I mean, I'll think about it when I rewatch it before we record next. But from what I can remember, they should keep every single piece of that episode and they could not yeah. add anything in because that episode it's it's so big like there's so much to it um so i guess i can make myself be acceptable or be accepting of the end of this episode even though it man it it gets you so high and happy and just crashes you down to just such a yeah. sad moment and I don't like that, but even though I hate it, I still love the ups and downs at the same time. But yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Do you have any any final thoughts or things that you want to share before we go into our quotes? Um, let me quickly scan. Um, I will say the whole with Emily getting there and Rory coming in with a taco mm-hmm. and how Emily is just like, Oh, she's been living with you for too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like her one liners are hilarious. Um, I think there was one other one. Well, and I, I love the fact that Rory came out with a taco and is sitting there in her pretty dress eating a taco. Because I don't know if you remember it. I don't know if you ended up getting any. But after our wedding ceremony, before, um, sometime between ceremony and reception, I think it was like we were getting ready right. for pictures or something. We got Taco Bell. Yeah, I was the one who got it for everyone. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I... <laughs> That makes sense now. A lot happened that day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. A lot. But honestly, like, one of my favorite pictures from the wedding is a selfie that Adam took of him and I eating our tacos. And, like, that was actually a memorable part of our wedding was sitting there eating our tacos in our wedding attire. Um, So, you know, Rory, I can relate to you. But (laughs) I didn't use a napkin and I was in a white dress. But, you know... (laughs) I miraculously did not spill on myself, which is quite the miracle, but that's okay. But it would have been so, a funny story. I hope I did thank you that day, but thank you again for, for getting the tacos because... Of course. I love that <laughs> day. Like, any oh. excuse to take a trip to see you is amazing in itself, but, like, just to be there and celebrate the love that you guys have is one of the highlights. That's I was sweet. able to enjoy. It was a good day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Everything okay? Lee just like just jumps onto my bed from the chair, and he like crashed into my laptop, and he's just like looking outside, being like, "Okay, my mission is done." And I swear to God, Cat, if you get off of this bed after doing that, you were not sleeping with me tonight. Oh, the the life of a cat owner. Um. <laughs> So with that wonderful transition, let's go to quotes. So I have two quotes from Emily 
Um, my first one is, this is not a drive-thru. She is not fried chicken. Yes. And, <laughs> and then the other, you did a lovely job with Rory and the dress. That one, oh, yes. the feels, the feels. Oh, do you have, I do love that one. Do you have any Emily quotes this week? Ooh, yes. Um, other than the, she's lived with you too long. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, where did it go? I just had it. Oh, wait, was that my only one? I thought I had another Emily one. We can always come back to it. Do you want to jump to another? Yeah. Um, There's one that Rory says with Lane. Um, He's not my boyfriend. He's my gentleman caller. Which, Mm -hmm. that actually just reminded me of one of the pop-up things um, from the episode. Was... When they say Blanche, yeah, I originally thought of the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Yeah, that's always what I thought until the little thing told me the tidbit about that. Yeah. Um, and then I was almost about to say one from the previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rory's dance today. Yes. Um, Lorelai says, someone hit you with a pretty stick. I do like that one a lot. Um, That's sweet. And in my mind, before watching it, like I remember that line, but was thinking it was Suki that said it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Lorelai that says it. But I do like that one. Um, One of my Lorelai ones, and part of it is just the way she says it, which is the case with so many things about Lorelai. But this is me moving any second now. The movie will begin. Yep. Rats. And then you've got to have that rats at the end as she like sits down in defeat of like, oh, I have nothing to prove. Or like, I can't prove it. And then with Emily's face, you're like, yep, I knew this was going to happen. Another victory for Emily. Yep. <laughs> My only other quote that I have for this week is Madeline of soup. She makes soup. One kind of soup, actually. It's green, lumpy. Actually, she can't make soup either. <laughs> so charming. I love Madeline. Um, the other one, or oh, I have two more. One is the Lane quote, um, where she's talking with Rory about um, talking with Dean. And she says, I'm bored and I need to be entertained. Yeah. Uh, I, I do really like, I like Lane's little part too, and telling her, like, enunciate. I don't know. I, I enjoy that um, quite a bit, actually. Do you have any others? I for almost this week? that one. Um, and then the. I just take a book with me everywhere. It's habit, I guess. Yeah. With Rory having a book in her yeah. bag when they went to the dance, and he's like, "What do you have in here?" Weighs like a ton, or I forget exactly what he said, but that's just like, "Yeah, I just have a book with me, like just casually." Which that tracks too. That's very Rory. Um, 
So like I said, I did not do the food in this episode, so I apologize. I know obviously we've already mentioned about like the avocados and like the stuff at the the Friday night dinner. There's mention of the chicken, um, eating of the tacos. Like I feel like we ended up talking about the food that I can remember anyway. Um, if there was more than that, I apologize. They, we did not have they, any. Oh, sorry. Um, I was gonna say they already did talk about there might be chicken or turkey, something like that at the dance is there's usually something along those lines at one of the functions. Yep, yep, when she mentions the there'll be chicken. Well, things like that usually have have chicken. Um there was no Kirk in this episode, so no new Kirk jobs. And surprisingly, at Friday night dinner there was no mention of any new maids or cooks. Um I guess they were just focused on their other conversations. So, um, do you remember the name that Emily was talking to about staying over and then having the person lock up when they leave? Do you remember the name? Did that she use the name? I will rewatch that part to see if she uses a name to make sure that, because I am tracking to see how many they have. So I'll find out if they do say a name and make sure it's different from the last one, which I'm sure it will be if they use a name um, and mark that one in too. But I did not remember offhand what it was. So I don't know. I want to say it's like Maria, but it might be wrong. Maybe. Um, Okay. So favorite characters. Um, I will say, if the episode ended eight minutes earlier, like I said, Emily and Lorelai would have been sharing this honor of being the favorite characters. But when you add in the entire show, they're in the entire episode, they're both eliminated for me. Um, hey. So, sorry. They, like, like I said, if it would have ended eight minutes earlier, hands down, 100%, they get it. But instead, I am giving it to a tie. <laughs> It's a two-way tie. It almost became a three-way tie. Not quite making it in. I'm giving honorable mention to Lane because she is such a good friend. But Mm -hmm. I'm doing a two-way tie between Suki and Madeline because Madeline steals my heart in this episode. Like, she's just adorable in it. And Suki is so sweet, so funny, such a good friend, like, just knows everything that's needed, you know, brings the thread, brings the tacos or burritos, whatever, you know, helps with the medicine and is just there 100% for Lorelai and Rory. And yep. I love her. Who do you got? Um, it is going to be surprising because I did not say Suki. Um, even though if she's not number one, she will always be number two. And I will say that each episode until somebody tells me to stop. Um, <laughs> But I would say my favorite overall of this episode is Emily. Um, because, like, you get all forms of her. Like, especially in the beginning with Lorelai. Being like, I didn't know you didn't like avocados. Like, her being like, I don't want to remember that. Because you should eat them anyway kind of thing. Um then you get her when she's on the phone. Um, and even with Lorelai saying, yeah, right when she answers. And then she's like, is that how you answer the phone? Mm-hmm. Um, and then her conning 
uh, Lorelai to inviting her over and then her showing so much compassion when she realizes that her daughter is in pain and drops everything, be like, nope, I'm gonna stay with you. Like, I want to help you and like take care of you to like the screaming match at the end and her being like, being very irrational because she doesn't want what happened to her to happen to Lorelai. And she's trying to tell her in her own specific way of, yes, I am mad, but I'm more like afraid of what is going to happen to you. Right. And that's like why she is mine. Because of every aspect of her in this episode was just perfection. And that's fair. I know I kicked her off of my my top, but I am very much aware of how she is amazing and does deserve to be in there. So I'm kind of glad that you did pick her. Um, And then what was that? Um, I completely forgot that my window was a little bit open. And right when I like started to hear that car, I'm like, I was going to reach to close the door. And then they like just sped off because I, right outside my window, there's a three-way stop that some people don't stop at. So I'm surprised that I didn't hear any honks. But it sounded like there was a scary monster coming through your microphone. Um, I'm glad that's not the case. So, okay. What would you rate this episode? I would rate it a 7.5 cups of coffee. Um, Just because of Lorelai and Emily's dynamic with all of the love and then the war. And I am going to go with an eight, just a flat eight, um, because, like, so much of it. Um, I feel like I love when we get to see the greatness of characters like Lane and Suki being great friends. And then Mm -hmm. the dynamic between Emily and Lorelai in all aspects is amazing. Like, like you said, I mean, we get to see every aspect of the relationship of Emily being annoyed with Lorelai, Lorelai being annoyed with Emily, them bonding, them fighting, which as much as it broke my heart is a huge part of the relationship. And they do it pretty well, um, mm-hmm. where as devastating as it is, it is so intriguing to watch at the same time where like they just they captivate me. In, in all aspects. Um, and I realize I'm just sitting here talking about Lorelai and Emily and removed them from my favorites, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the dance, I feel like, was fine. Like, it was it was neither here nor there. Like, there were some nice parts of it and things that I liked, um, but I my attention was 100% at Lorelai's house. You know, that's where yeah. my favorite moments were. The stuff with Suki, the stuff with with Rory getting ready, the stuff with Emily, like all of that is if that the whole episode was just that and we never actually saw Rory and Dean, like we saw them leave for the dance, but we never actually saw them at the dance, I would be okay with that. Like I do like that we get to see a little bit of Paris and stuff, and like I said, I love the Madeline moment, but I like it could have been a 
close to a 10 episode for me. I feel like if there was more focus on everything going on with Lorelai. Um, mm-hmm. Then again, if that happened, then I'd probably say, like, oh, they don't show us the dance at all. But, you know, it is what it is. So that is the episode nine of season one about Rory's dance. Um, next week, like I said, is a very big episode. Not next week. Next episode is a big one. Um, and we also have some fun, exciting things coming soon with Copper Boom. So definitely stay posted. And you can follow us on social media at Copper Boom on Facebook and Instagram. Um, definitely send us some emails. Our email is copperboompcast at gmail.com. And um, let us know your thoughts on different things. Agree with us, disagree with us, ask us questions. Um, definitely going to be going through our emails soon and kind of talking about those on a recording. So send us your your thoughts and questions there. And that is all we have, unless you have anything to add, Thomas. I don't. Alrighty. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye, all of you lovely Bye people. Guys. Copper boom. <laughs>